All right, I'm Jeff MacArthur. Over the course of the pandemic, there's been a lot of talk about mental health. But what about the mental health of your pet? In particular, your dog. Because there's a new study out that claims, how about this, three quarters of dogs are showing signs of mental health issues. Let's ask Cliff the vet. Here's our buddy, Dr. Cliff Redford, who joins us now for more on this. Dr. Cliff, good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, the mental health of a dogs, or I guess just pets in general, is this a topic that doesn't get the attention it should? Uh, definitely is a surprise when we bring it up to our uh, our clients, our pet owner friends, uh, that their dog or cat. We see it a lot more with dogs due to their sort of social nature and the way they interact with us. But it is a surprise to them when we say, hey, we think your dog's dealing with separation anxiety or obsessive compulsive disorder. One of the things we do, you know, I think this study is very accurate and very important to recognize and talk about, but I would like to know how they determine 75% of them had some sort of level of mental health issues because a dog that looks sad may not be depressed. Some dogs just have sad faces um, or they want treats. But uh, yeah, mental health problems can be uh, a pretty common behavioral issue we see in our clinics. Yeah, I was going to ask you that very question about the survey, but having said that, how do we know if maybe our pet or dog is dealing with a mental health issue? Are there certain things or, or signs that we could be looking for? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously speak with your veterinarian and your veterinary health team, um, and they can kind of give you a better idea because every pet's a little different. But it's basically changes in, in their behavior and not just you know, there might be excessive vocalization if there's various anxiety-type problems. All of a sudden, accidents in the house are often medically related, like a bladder infection, but they can be due to signs of mental health issues. Um, destructive self-grooming can be an issue, uh, decreases in appetite, um, and animals mourn like we do as well. So if you've lost a family member, be it furry or, or human, um, you know, expect that your cat or dog um, may become sad and depressed and help them through the morning process, but uh, be wary of these signs and symptoms lasting, you know, what we would think is unreasonably and an unreasonable amount of time. Yeah, those signs of those symptoms, Cliff, is that, you know, our dog's way of communicating to us? Because obviously they can't speak to us. Unfortunately, I think most dog lovers would uh, like that if their dogs could actually talk to them or they could talk with their dogs. But, uh, you know, they communicate in different ways. And some of what you just mentioned there, is that them trying to communicate that, you know, I I'm dealing with something? I do think it'd be great if uh, dog owners could speak to their uh, dogs as long as the veterinarians don't know what the dogs are thinking because I think they would say something some unpleasant things to us potentially, but, uh, um, you know, it is, it is their way, not only of communicating, but sort of expressing their feelings. I think actually dogs and cats do better than, uh, than we do as people, certainly as men are, you know, men are known for bottling up their emotions until they have a heart attack. Dogs and cats tell us when there's something wrong. So when a pet owner comes to me and says, physically fluffy is fine, but I think there's something wrong because of these changes in behaviors. We take it very seriously and we talk to them and we examine the pet and then we can talk about various treatment modalities or ways to even prevent it from, from happening in the future if we expect it might be coming on. 
Yeah. Have you seen more of this during the pandemic? Has the pandemic undoubtedly had an effect on our pets, dogs and cats, much like it has uh, the rest of us? We've seen it more um, now as the pandemic is uh, hopefully winding down, knock on wood, hopefully you can hear that, um, that people are now going back to work, kids are back at school, and, and pets, especially dogs, are now left on their own. So we are seeing more separation anxiety and various sort of social anxieties and depression. Um, the other thing we are seeing, though, are, are what we call pandemic puppies and pandemic kittens that have not been socialized. And so they start to have some mental health issues and some social anxiety with new people and, and, and new dogs that can actually lead to them becoming either destructive to themselves, they're, they're sort of, quote unquote, sucking on their thumb, they're licking their feet excessively and causing injury or chewing at their toes, or even biting people or biting other animals just because they're frightened and they've never really been socialized. Do you think as uh, more and more people are going back to work, back to the office, separation anxiety, is that going to become an even bigger thing uh, than it is uh, right now when it comes to uh, pets? We're definitely going to see it more often, especially with the dogs. And very, very quickly, obviously, talk to your veterinarian. But um, if you just Google a you know, separation in, in, in dogs online, you'll find some tricks. And it can be things like, you know, starting to leave them alone for periods of time so they get used to it uh, and also not getting them hyper right before you leave, playing with toys and rubbing their bellies and getting them all excited right before you leave actually makes it worse. You kind of want to almost ghost them for 10 minutes right before you head off to work. But we are seeing it more often already. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, for those that are listening right now, that they've got a dog, uh, they've got a cat, they're concerned about them, they think that they might be uh, struggling. Uh, what is the best approach? Because I think just sort of naturally, we want to love them up, right? We want to give them those belly rubs, maybe give them an extra treat or that. But uh, what is it we should actually be doing for our pets? Yeah, and you can love them up and give them the treats and give them extra attention, just not 10 minutes before you leave. That's going to be an issue. But um, to prevent it, you know, quality and quantity time with your pet is important. Um, don't just watch TV with them. If you've got a dog, take them for a walk and do some new areas and get them exercising. Exercise for cats and dogs really, really helps more than just the waistline. Um, it really helps with their mental health. And certain sort of stimulating toys, teaching them new tricks, all those things can, can keep the anxiety levels down. Um, adding omega fatty acids uh, to their food can actually help over the long run reduce these sort of changes to the brain that can lead to mental health issues. Um, for the mild cases, there's some great over-the-counter supplements. You can get at any sort of pet food, sort of pet supply store that has things like tryptophan and valerian root um, and all these sort of natural calming agents that can help. And then for the really, really severe cases, your veterinarian will actually prescribe human Prozac or other antidepressants, some that are specific for dogs or cats, but others that are actually good for, uh, for humans as well. We're even seeing some benefits now to CBD oil in, uh, in cats and dogs in dealing with a lot of these mental health issues. Joined on the line by Cliff the Vet, Dr. Cliff Redford. And since we are talking about medications and animals, before I let you go, Cliff, I wanted to ask you about this uh, headline from uh, the uh, Toronto Zoo. Nearly 150 animals at the zoo about to receive uh, COVID vaccinations? 
Yeah, this is a this is a great study and not or a great sort of step they're taking. Not a surprise. I was actually on the morning show two years ago, speaking to your colleague Carolyn, talking about COVID and animals. And we know that COVID, the COVID virus, is basically a cousin of SARS. And SARS got cats sick. We saw that happen. So we knew that cats would be susceptible. And tigers and lions and cougars are cats. They're just they're just large. They actually get the exact same vaccines as far as, you know, regular vaccines that, say, domesticated cats get. But they're vaccinating cats and primates. Primates are basically genetically the same as people. Um, Pigs have a similar immune system, so the various swine animals are getting it. And then also the the weasel kind of mink family. Minks have been known to be the only creatures that can give COVID to people. Um, but I actually think they're, well, I don't think, I know they're vaccinating all these animals to protect the animals from us. Because while we can't really get it from our cats, we can give it to our cats. So they're protecting these zoo animals, and uh, that's important, right? That's why the zoo is there, to protect these, uh, these endangered species. So it's a, it's a pretty exciting step they're taking. Without a doubt. Cliff, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for this. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Jeff. Stay safe. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.